Welcome to Crime on Caffeine. I'm your host, Erica. And I'm your host, Allison. Thank you so much for listening to our first ever podcast episode. So before we get into today's episode, we just wanted to talk about a few things, kind of tell you what our podcast is all about. Basically, we're going to be drinking a lot of coffee, getting super caffeinated, and talking about all things true crime. I'm going to be focusing mostly on serial killers and murderers. And I'm going to mostly be looking at uh, missing peoples. Missing peoples. <laughs> no, but really my focus is going to be on unsolved cases, missing persons cases. All right. So Allison, tell our listeners what coffee we're drinking today. All right. Before we get into any episode, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be telling you guys what we be sipping on. So today we're going to be sipping on some super coffee, the coconut mocha flavor. It's so good. Yeah, not sponsored, but definitely open to it. <laughs> super coffee, if you just like, you know, hit our line, <laughs> you know, dial my number, you know where to find me at Crime on Caffeine on all social medias. Plug that. All right. So let's get on with the case then. So this case that I wanted to start off with is one that I have been following since day one. I remember my mom calling me to tell me about it and we've just been obsessed with it ever since just because of how crazy it is. So this case is going to be centered around Lori Vallow Daybell. Just a heads up, guys, this case is bonkers and there are a lot of people involved. So I'm going to try to make it the least bit confusing for you guys to be able to keep up with. We're going to have some resources up on our website to help out with this too, just in case you guys are kind of lost on the who's who or the timeline. So stick with me. There's going to be a lot of info, but we are going to break this episode up into two parts. So in the first episode, we're going to talk about Lori's childhood and her family leading up to the first few marriages of hers. In part two, we're going to get into everything that happened with her children, her most recent husband, and the current state of the case. So let's just jump right into it. This case is still going on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. It's still going on, and it keeps getting pushed and Juicy. pushed. Mm-hmm. Is it? Oh, gosh. I'm not ready for this. Honestly, I have no idea what this is about i have not followed it at all so all the information erica's about to share with me is news yeah i'm giving you the tea oh yeah we be sipping mm-hmm. so Lori vallow was born Lori noreen cox on june 26 1973 in southern california her parents barry and janice cox raised her and her siblings as very very devout mormons So it was Lori, her two brothers, Adam and Alex, who you're going to hear a lot about later. And then she had two sisters as well, Summer and Stacy. Um, Stacy actually passed away in 1998 when she was 31. And the cause of her death is still undetermined. Mm, Sounds suspicious Mm -hmm. to me. Um, So Stacy has a daughter named Melanie, and we'll learn more about her later. But I kind of just wanted to introduce to you the main players and Lori's side of the family. So, like I said, the Cox family was super religious. Lori would go to religious classes every single morning before school started. She was a competitive cheerleader in high school, and she mostly just stayed with her group. Um, Everyone said that she was super nice and she was funny, but she was shy, and she really just hung around the cheer squad. You watch out for those cheerleaders, huh? I was a competitive cheerleader in high school. (laughs) So she didn't really pay attention to boys up until her senior year. She had her first boyfriend. Um, She was really just focused on school and her friends. She got really good grades. Um, She eventually wanted to attend Brigham Young University. BYU? Yep. Yeah, BYU is definitely in Utah. 
Okay, so it's a school in Utah, and it's owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It was hard to find a lot of details about her family life when she was younger. Um, Obviously, we know they were super religious, and I did read that they were a close family, but I thought this was super weird. So her parents, you're going to think this is weird. Her parents never attended a single one of her cheer competitions. Like, I just, I don't know. I think that's so weird. A single one. Yeah, because... I mean, anybody who was a competitive cheerleader knows, like, you had, like, a million per... Like, they were, like, every weekend. Yeah. It means, like, they were never with her, basically. If you're a close family, like, I don't know, you want to be your kids... Mm, I guess they weren't, because... Yeah, so I thought that was strange. Um, But there are a lot of interesting things on the internet about her parents. Um, Specifically, her father, Barry. Her parents spent years battling the IRS... And I didn't know any of this until I started, like, deep dive researching into this case. Like, I didn't know about it until this. Yeah, that is wild. Yeah, so Barry admitted that they used false statements to avoid paying federal income taxes in 1988, 89, and 1990. So they ended up being sued by the government in 2004, um, and the government claimed that they owed $300,000 in back taxes. In 2008, the court ruled in favor of the government, obviously— Um, But Barry ended up filing a claim refusing to pay, and he stated that collecting income tax was an unauthorized use of federal power, and he referred to the IRS as a rogue agency. Oh. Yeah. So (laughs) he was pretty crazy, and as you can assume, his claim was dismissed. He also got in trouble in more recent years, in 2018, for representing himself as a lawyer, I guess he was, like, advertising his services. Um, so the state of Arizona was like, no. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> I don't think so. And then the following year, he went on to publish a book. And keep in mind, this is in 2019 when he published this book. This is while all of the madness is happening with Lori and her husbands and her children. He writes this book, and he publishes it, and it's called How the American Public Can Dismantle the IRS. Oh, he just had, like, a vendetta yeah, against the yeah. IRS. He said, the government. They said, he said, they came after me, so I'm coming for their wig. Mm-hmm. So the book states that Americans have been, quote, illegally and deceptively held captive and in bondage by a gang of self-policing liars who have arrogantly and without conscience imposed an evil regime to do whatever they want, whenever they want, and to whomever they want, to the American public with impunity. What? Yes. In the... No. Yes. No, yes, yes, yes. It's in a book. I can buy it. You can buy the book. You can read the book. I'm not doing it, but I just... I needed to know that somebody published that. That's all you need to know, really, so you don't need to buy it. But clearly we can see that he is a little cuckoo. He... A little cuckoo. He gone. I just want to, like, paint a picture of where she comes from. It's quite the picture. Yeah. Honestly. So he's not responding well to authority figures whatsoever. Narcissistic and thinking he's above the government and its rules. Very abstract of him. Yeah. So I just want us to keep all of this in mind later when we're looking at Lori's actions and her motives. Let's get on with the first few marriages. So she graduated high school in 1991. She ended up marrying that boy that she was dating her senior year. His name was Nelson Yanes. It didn't really last long at all. There's not a lot to read about it. Um, Her friends said that they just thought it ended because he wasn't Mormon. So that's okay because she gets married again in 1995. 
to her second husband, William. I hope I'm saying this right. Lagosia? I don't know. I asked my mom. But um, they now live in Texas. Um, she's working as a self-employed hairstylist. You can't see, but I'm doing the quotation marks. <laughs> Air quote. <laughs> so following year 1996, they have a baby, Lori's first son, Colby. And William ended up filing for divorce that same year. So the oh. divorce is final in 98. So in 2001, she marries Joseph Ryan. He's very important. He adopted Colby, and Colby ended up taking his last name. And then the following year, they have a daughter named Tylee. Two years later, Joe files for divorce. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. Yep. Hey, longer than the last one. So this divorce was messy. This custody battle lasted 12 years. That's so freaking long. Yeah. And, like, imagine being the kids. Yeah, that had to be hard for them. Mm-hmm. Colby was nine at the time. Tylee was only 18 months, so, like, she didn't know what was going on then. But, you know, it lasted 12 years, so yeah, she so definitely she knew definitely what was knew going on. she definitely knew what was popping off at the end of it all. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if this was part of what made it so messy, but Colby did come out in recent years in an interview saying that Joe was physically and sexually abusive towards him. Joe's sister, Annie, did say that she witnessed her brother abusing Colby physically. She did not say anything about the sexual abuse just because she'd never witnessed it herself. Um, But she did say that she hopes Colby gets the help that he needs and she wishes him the best. So during this year, um, Lori was doing some things. She went on Wheel of Fortune and won $17,000. You, you're lying to me. Yes, no, she did. Uh, we're going to put the the videos of her episode up on the website so you guys can see. It was live. It, it went, yeah. Oh. Yep. <laughs> and this is like while her custody battle is going on and her children are talking to social workers and yeah. Oh my gosh. She was just like, yeah, um, BRB going to go on Wheel of Fortune. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's not all because she also, in the same year, competed in the Miss Texas pageant. Yep. <laughs> she lost. She lost. As she should. Yeah. She should never have been there in the first place. I just, it seems that she was seeking a lot of external validation Mm -hmm. and she was dealing with a lot involving her family. So it's like the fact that she was doing all this stuff while this is going on, it's just, is proof. It's kind of like she was like trying to put on like a persona. Oh, a hundred percent. And she's clearly cares about only herself so much and only those things. Yeah. Here's the the interesting part. She claimed that God had told her that she would be on Wheel of Fortune. So that is why she auditioned. Uh, I've never heard that message from God for myself. Uh, But okay. Okay, Lori. He did tell her. Okay. Go off, Jesus. (laughs) So the divorce was finalized in 2005. The custody battle was still going on, though. So Joe was required to pay uh, $1,500 a month in child support, and he had to... Please listen to this. He had to take out a life insurance policy for no less than $350,000 for the benefit of the child. And he had to provide health insurance. But I just want us to remember Mm -hmm. the money involved, this Mm -hmm. life insurance policy. It's not not the only one you'll see in this case. It's just the first. more than one? It's just the first. Oof, maron. In the middle of this huge custody battle, it's 2007, so Lori's brother, Alex Cox, he followed Joseph into a parking lot. Um, So Lori and Joseph were, like, exchanging Tylee. They had, like, a meet-up spot where 
they would exchange her. I hate, mm-hmm. I hate saying that, but he... Well, no, like, if you have, like, divorced parents, yeah. like, my parents would meet up at, like, Wing House <laughs> and, like, all right, go into this car you. now. Yeah, they would exchange me. So he followed him into the parking lot as he was leaving, and he tasered him, and he threatened to kill him. Um, I guess this was just because he learned about the abuse of Lori and her children. Um, I don't know. Lori was saying that he was abusing her, blah, blah, blah. But whatever she was telling Alex. Lies. Yeah. He was kind of like her little puppy dog. Um, so he was charged with aggravated assault in the second degree and he was in jail for 90 days. So that brings us to marriage number four. (laughs) That's really funny because in my notes I have a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Lori marries Charles Vallow in Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Charles was Catholic. Um, he ended up converting to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because that was Lori's religion. So, so the Mormon church. Yeah. Okay. So he was a nice guy. He converted religions for her. Yeah, he tried his best. Yes. While this custody battle is going on and they're together, Charles and his ex-wife Cheryl are also having a custody battle at the same time. So there's okay. like a lot going on. Yeah, so that's they a had whole situation. Yeah, it's a whole situation. So they had two kids, Nicholas and Zachary. Um, and so Cheryl stated that this was when she first realized how whack Lori was. Like right from the beginning of meeting her, she knew she was like this is crazy um so we will hear more of cheryl's thoughts later now charles and Lori are married and they decide to move to arizona which means joseph also had to move to arizona because he had to be they had to live within like a certain distance from each other just so that tylee was able to see both of them now we're going to talk about jj he's the other child in this um so this is like really confusing how this Just bear with me. So Charles has a sister. Her name is Kay, and she's married to Larry. So Kay and Larry. Um, Kay's son, who's Charles' nephew. Okay. So he has a son, and he can't take care of him. I didn't really read much about him. Mm -hmm. Um, But Kay and Larry decide to adopt him. Um, His name's JJ. He was born in 2012. Okay. Um, So they had their own business, so they were super busy. They were, like, working all the time, and... Soon after he was born, they realized that he had autism, and they just came to the conclusion that with their lifestyle and always working, they wouldn't be able to give him the best care that they could. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, um, in 2013, Charles and Lori adopted him. That's nice of them. Yeah, super nice. And then they said, well, bye. We're moving to Hawaii. Oh, oh. Yeah. So w- With the kid? With both kids, with Tylee and JJ. Okay, JJ's out. Okay. JJ is out. He's sipping pina coladas on the beach. Mm-hmm. He don't care. He's having a good time. Okay. He said, I like this family. So okay. this is in 2014. JJ is two at this point. And Tylee. Oh, he's just two. Those are virgin pinas. Yes. Yes, they are. He's two and Tylee is 12. And they actually had like a really good relationship. They were super close and Tylee was really protected of, of him. They loved each other. That's so sweet. I know. I love a good, like, sibling moment. Right? I didn't have those moments. <laughs> My brother just would, like, choke slowly. He'd be like, deal with her. No, I'm okay. kidding. We're cool now. <laughs> yeah, literally, we're cool now. We're cool now. But when he was, like, 12, he just would ruin me. Oh, They're living in Hawaii. They're working in Hawaii. They have, like, a juice bar or something going on. 
And before they moved, Charles was like a very wealthy investment person. So he, he was, he was making good money. Um, Lori was like unemployed when she was married to him. So he was, he was definitely making good money. They were in Hawaii and Lori reads this book series called Standing in Holy Places written by Chad Daybell. And so friends of Lori's were saying that this is when she became obsessed with this guy, Chad, after reading oh, his books. Oh, she became obsessed with the author of the books. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yes. So she becomes obsessed with him. Um, all the books were categorized as exciting prophesized events that still must occur before the second coming. So, like, the second coming of Jesus Christ. They This is what they believed in. And they just, yeah. So, he believed in everything that she believed in, um, which was very, very extreme for okay. for what she practiced. Not everyone um, believed in the same things. So, um, they realized that they weren't making a lot of money in Hawaii. They decided to move back to Arizona in 2016. But the next big thing that happens is in 2018. It's actually happened on my birthday, April 3rd, 2018. Joseph Ryan dies from what was originally named a heart attack. That's what they said happened to him at first. So this is where all of the mysterious deaths surrounding Lori start to happen. Okay. The first of several. Oh, several. Yeah. There's, there's oh, some, no. some weird stuff. Buckle up. Yeah. So after he died, Lori did not contact any of his family members. <laughs> she didn't tell anyone. Nobody. Nobody. She refused to claim the body. She did, refused an autopsy, everything. Like, she wanted nothing to do with any of it. Oh, my God. So no one claimed the body, so they cremated him. And Nobody? they were like, they were oh, like, we need to know. No, oh they were God. like, we need to figure out who who this dude is, like whatever. And so they eventually end up. I think they called like his brother, but five weeks after he died, they contacted them. Oh my God, that's like mm-hmm. over he, a month. Yeah, he was cremated before they even knew he was dead. Oh my gosh, they didn't even have time to see his body or anything. Nothing. They would have buried. They said that they would have buried him. Obviously, they would have had a funeral and everything. And oh my God, he didn't get anything. Like. That's terrible. Yeah, and Lori was being sketch about it. Like, mm. would not talk to anyone about it. And, you know, you could think maybe, oh, she just hated him because of, mm-hmm. you know, what he did or whatever, what he supposedly did, but it's just messed up. Yeah. So last year, Joe's sister, Annie, gave investigators a recording of Lori talking about killing Joseph. Earlier this year, they declared that he did indeed die of natural causes, but not everyone is convinced. So Annie actually started a petition recently. We're going to put it up on our website for you guys to go sign. Um, She's just petitioning for them to reopen the case, investigate further, because she still thinks that Lori had something to do with it. I mean, I'm with her. That's sketchy as heck. I know. And for it to go from like a heart attack to like, okay, well, it was natural causes to, you know, I don't know. Just seems a little sus to me. Okay. So that's one down. We're one down. We're one down. At the end of the year um, is Lori and the author Chad, their first documented public connection i guess you would say so they appeared on a podcast together called time to warrior up 
Oh, boy. The podcast was with Preparing a People. Um, Their website claims that they prepare the people of this earth for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And they put on what they described as a series of lecture events focusing on self-reliance and personal preparation. Sounds like a cult to me. Yeah, I was just about to say, that sounds... Like Kool-Aid sipping seriousness. A little little cultish, you know? We're going to talk about, we're going to switch over to Chad real quick. Get to know, get to know Chad. So Chad Daybell was born in, is it Provo or Provo? I think it's Provo. Chad was born in Utah on August 11th, 1968. And Chad was close with his grandfather. And his grandfather taught him that heaven sends messages to those on earth. And that really stuck with him, um, especially after his grandfather passed away. Chad actually had two near-death experiences that he said really opened his eyes and made him believe in that further. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. Um, At 17, he wrote that he had a near-death experience while cliff jumping and that he crossed into another dimension and realized there was a world beyond this one. That's what he said. I don't know what happens when you die, so I I can't really say anything. Yeah, I don't even know what happens when you have a near-death. So he he could have... He was somewhere else. He was crossing in other dimensions. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he was doing some other things. Yeah. And then in his early 20s, he said he was hit by an enormous wave at the beach in California. And while his body was being tossed around, his spirit was visiting with his grandfather, who showed him future events involving his still unborn children. Oh. I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, wow. Mm-hmm. Speechless. Yep. I don't know. So, okay. These experiences are kind of what became the inspiration for his book, um, his first book, Living on the Edge of Heaven. So, you know, he ends up writing a bunch of books, and that's how Lori knew who he was and became so ex- obsessed with him. So, Chad met Tammy Douglas the summer after her freshman year at BYU. And they got married in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So he had a wife. He did have a wife. Okay. They, yeah, he had a wife. They got married in 1990, um, which was like right before Lori married her first husband. Okay. Um, And he loved her. Like he described her as his soulmate. Like everyone said they were super cute together and like that he just adored her. Um, She was working as a secretary for the Springville, Utah Parks Department. And Chad was just finishing school. He ended up graduating in 92 with a bachelor's degree in journalism. They had five children together. So this is really cute. They started their own publishing company together. Sips coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Called Spring Creek Book Company. Um, They later end up relocating to Idaho and they took the business with them. So a lot of the authors they ended up publishing had written to them about their own near-death experiences. So that's how Chad kind of like brought them on. And he alternated between working as a writer and publisher and digging graves and caring for cemetery grounds as a sexton. So he was a writer, publisher by day. He was a grave digger by night. That is a transition (laughs) in your day. Some might say... Foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) So he wrote about his cemetery experience in one of the books he wrote in 2001. 
It ended up being published in 2019. Um, If you want to read it, it's called One Foot in the Grave, The Strange But True Adventures of a Cemetery Sexton. I will not be reading it, but (laughs) congratulations to him. Um, A fictionalized version of his daughter, Emma, appeared in several of his books, which I don't know, I found that to be quite odd. I mean, you love your kids, you love your kids, but why just her? Yeah. You had four other kids? Oh, and they if anybody's out. read this book, please let me know what oh, yeah. the fictionalized version of his daughter did because I want to know if it's That's weird. weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so Tammy raised the kids. Um, once they had kids, she was working as a computer teacher at an elementary school. She mostly took care of them while Chad was working. They lived in Springville up until 2014. So this is when they decide to move to Idaho. Because Chad said that the spirit told him to move there. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know who this the spirit is, but he said, get up, take your family, take your business (laughs) and go to Rexburg, Idaho. He said, okay. He said potatoes, man. So he said that the spirit told him that it would be a blessing to his children and his future grandchildren to move there. So he started also speaking at the Preparing a People conferences. If you remember, those are the the people who put on the podcast that he went on with Lori. Mm -hmm. So he started speaking at those conferences, and that's actually how they met. Um, He told one of his authors that he'd signed, that he publishes for, her name is Julie, that he had an out-of-body experience at home and that he'd been acting differently ever since, and he was talking about past lives and, like, all this weird stuff. She said he was acting totally different ever since it happened. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So this was like the beginning of 2018. This is when he was like speaking at these conferences. Um, This is right around the time that Lori's third husband dies. And, you know, they never received a full autopsy, like nothing, whatever. So Chad was speaking at a conference in St. George, Utah later in 2018. And this is the one that he met Lori at. So he told her that they had been married in a past life. Okay. Yeah. And the friend who spoke about this interaction also said that Chad had a separate phone that he used to speak to Lori. A trap phone. A trap phone, essentially. He a had trap a burner. Phone. He had a burner. Um, and the friend also claimed that Chad told her that he had made a portal in Lori's closet so the two could interact spiritually. You want to know what I thought you were going to say? No. Oh. <laughs> what? You go, made a portal. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Oh, no. What did you think I was going to say? I heard talk about dirty, dirty films. Oh, no, no. Oh, oh what? Yeah, I got nervous. And I was portal. like, oh, no, no, no. Portal. I mean, still weird. They're in a portal Still together. weird. I don't know what they're doing in that portal. Right. They're Spir- interacting spiritually. spiritually. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, she said that they often spoke about their beliefs where they concluded that they each had a special role to play in the end of the world. So Chad and Lori said that they were chosen by God and that this was their assignment that they had to carry out. Oh, boy. That. Mm-mm. Yeah. So things are like escalating. escalating. They're escalating. Quickly. Yeah. So uh, the friend also said that she described Chad as being the hand and Lori as being the puppet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the friend was on that podcast episode with them, actually. Oh. Um, they took that podcast episode down. They should. 
Um, but I know you can listen to it. Somewhere on the internet. Yeah, places. Um, and keep in mind, Lori was still married to Charles at this time. Like, when that portal was in her closet and stuff, Charles would go away on business on the weekends. And Oh, so she was... She was hoeing and going. She was... She was in portals with other men. She was portaling and... Portaling. <laughs> she, she was... Portaling. Yeah. I don't... I don't know. But... They both actually believed that their spouses were going to die in car accidents, like, so that they could be together. Like, they were leaving the earth to let them be together. I don't think that's how I it went down, did it? No, they did not die in car accidents. Show enough. So, two months after that podcast, it's February 2019. Mm. So, Lori comes home. And she says to Charles that she no longer cares for him or JJ. The baby. The baby. He was not a baby at this time. Oh, okay. He was seven. But. Still baby. So, in this same month, Charles said, I, bye, I'm filing for divorce. And he said that Lori was not herself. And at this point, she was lost. Like, she was gone. He said that she viewed herself as a god preparing for the second coming of Christ. She uh, was a god now? That's what she's claiming, yeah. He said... Oh, no. Yeah, he said that she said she would kill him if he got in her way. He said that he feared for his life at this point. Like, he called the police and he was like, my wife is not good. Like, she she's not okay. I'm scared. I'm worried about my kids. Like, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And they were like all right, we're going to do a psyche eval. And I don't know if she knew what she was doing. She's a sociopath. She manipulated something, but she passed. Oh, yeah. It was fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Charles was on a business trip. He was coming back. Um, So she took $35,000 out of their joint bank account. She canceled his return flight home. So he had to, like, go buy a new one. And then he finally gets home and she stole his truck, so his truck wasn't at the airport for him to get home. Like, this poor man. Dang, he got the shit end of that stick. Mm-hmm. They all did. Like, just, oh, no. just wait. I, I don't... I, there's been enough. <laughs> just... You I got, have had enough. Just hold on, okay. So, at this point, he's just, like, sketched out. He had a $1 million life insurance policy. Oh, I bet he did. He did. I bet he did. But he was smart. Because he changed the beneficiary from being Lori to being his sister, Kay. Ugh, I love him. Because all he cared about was those kids. Yeah. And he knew that if he changed it to Kay, she would take care of the children. It would be good. He was smart. I'm glad that he was able to do this. Me too. So they are in court going through the divorce. Um, His attorney said that he expressed genuine fear for his life and they got an order of protection against Lori Vallow. Um, And once again, main concern was the kids. He wanted the same for Tylee. He wanted JD to be okay. He wanted the same for Tylee, but she wasn't as involved in the court proceedings just because she wasn't his biological child. Like he Mm -hmm. didn't adopt her or anything like that, but he was JJ's adopted dad. Okay. So in the weeks of the proceedings, Lori disappeared for 58 days. (laughs) Wait, whoa, 58 days? 58 days. Disappeared. Yeah. People was like... She was opening portals somewhere. I don't... She was in the portal. 
but she was like just like leaving the children with other people. Okay. No one really knows where she was, what she was doing. I don't know. But I'm not so sure about this. It's March now. And Charles actually dropped the divorce proceedings and he said he wanted to try and make the marriage work. Because he's oh, a good guy. He angel. deserves better. He does. I don't get it. Why did he want to go back? He shouldn't have gone back. He shouldn't have because she was like, I'm going to kill you. Well, so they're trying to make things work. Somewhere a couple months later, they end up being just like separated. Like they're living in different houses and. But together. They're probably going to get divorced at this point. It like wasn't. It stopped. Not being able to work. So we're getting into the summer. So remember when I brought up Lori's sister who passed away? Yes. Stacy. So Mm -hmm. she had a niece, Melanie. Lori got her involved in all of this. And so in June, Melanie's husband, Brandon, um, filed for divorce. And he went on Facebook just spilling like he went oh, off no. on facebook he, he was the whole kettle he said dumped it. he said melanie followed Lori into this cult and all this stuff he was saying all this stuff about Lori. like we can post a screenshot of it on the website so melanie was brainwashed and brandon was like bye mm-hmm. so we're gonna hear a little bit more about him later but okay. i just wanted to we'll fill you in because yeah that's that's on the timeline so a couple weeks later Lori's brother, Alex, he's in the picture. A few weeks after Brandon files for divorce from Melanie, um, Alex, Lori's brother from before, guy with the taser, he shot and killed Charles Vallow while Vallow was going to pick up JJ. Oh, so what does this guy have with Lori? Well, so he was claiming that it was self-defense. He said that he went to confront Vallow about abusing his sister, which, once yeah. again, she's going around saying, "Yeah, yeah." So I don't. There is nowhere so that Lori says keeps that's telling true. Him, yeah, that he's the she, people are abusing her. Mm-hmm. So he just starts wiling out on people. He he does indeed. Yes. Okay. Okay. But he said it was self defense. He said he went to confront him, and he said that Charles struck him in the head with a bat. So he went inside to his room to go get his gun. No. What? <laughs> you had time to to leave, get a gun, and come back. That's not self-defense, sir. No. You could have yeah, stayed in the house. Charles used to be a professional baseball player. So if he struck you in the head... You'd be gone. You'd be dead. Bye. You'd be dead. And, like, My he, he was fine. He was fine. Nothing was wrong with his head. No. He was fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> But the cop said, okay, yeah, it was self-defense. And he was never charged. And then, wait, 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 it gets better. The neighbors said that they had a pool party later that day at the house. They had a pool party? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Literally, while it was happening, Tylee saw all of this. Like, the kids were there because Lori was, she was going to take Tylee somewhere. So, like, they were literally just chilling in the driveway. Like, they were both present. I am in shock. Like, how traumatizing is that and Lori was literally just like she's okay well i'm gonna go take take her here now like she literally no emotion no reaction no nothing threw a pool party (laughs) all right i'm gonna go grill some hot dogs like nothing to see here 
So once again, she didn't inform any of Charles' family, including his children from his previous marriage. And like, they spent a lot of time around her because he ha- he had joint custody with yeah. his ex-wife. So, you know, they would be over, like, Lori was kind of like their mother figure. Obviously, they had Cheryl, but the weekends that Charles was out of town, like, they still went and stayed. If it was, like, their weekend to be there, they were still there. So mm-hmm. they were with Lori. She just, like, did not care or pay any attention to them. That's um, so sad. And, you know, the family members were trying to call her and text her about, like, what the hell happened? Like, what's going on with Charles? Like, blah, blah, blah. And she just, like, would not respond to them. She wouldn't tell them anything. I don't get it. Like, sis, you look... (laughs) You look... Sis. Sus. So sus. You... Oh, my gosh. It's like... She's so narcissistic to the point where she's like, I can do all this and I don't even need to, like, cover it up or act like... Like, she's like, I yeah. will get away with it. Well, you do remember she is a god. She she is a god. Yeah. She is a god. Don't forget it. I will not forget it. Summer is ending, and by the end of August, like early September, Lori decides to move the kids to Rexburg, Idaho. Okay. Who else lives in Rexburg, Idaho? Um, the portal. <laughs> the portal. <laughs> Chad Dayball lives in Rexburg, Idaho. Kay... Kay and Larry, um, they said that the last time that they spoke to JJ was on August 10th, right before the family moved. I guess the landlord, like, told them after the shooting, like, you need to get out of here. So they did have to move. They didn't have to move to Idaho, where Chad Debo was, but they did have to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tylee was just going to move in with a friend and stay in Arizona, but she said that she wanted to stay with JJ, so she went with... No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, such a good sis. You know. So they're in Idaho now. Lori enrolls JJ in school on September 3rd. Um, he last appeared in class on September 23rd, and Lori unenrolled him the next day. Um, she told them that she's going to homeschool him now, and this was the last time he was ever seen. So oh, boy. The exact day that Tylee disappeared or whatever is unknown, Um Police think it was around the same time. There were reports that said people saw her going into Yellowstone National Park with Lori and some other family members. Um, that was, like, really the last sighting of her. The day after September 24th now, Lori told JJ's babysitter that she doesn't need him anymore, and she told the babysitter JJ is going to go stay with his grandmother in Arizona. Not be homeschooled by her. Yeah, so she's telling a few different stories. Yeah, some situations are mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. So one week after Lori rents a 10 by 10 storage unit. Um, so footage at the storage unit showed her visiting nine times that month of October. Uh, she visited with a man several times. That man's believed to be her brother, Alex. He also visited a few times by himself. The brother? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's weird enough as it is. Mm-hmm. Remember Melanie, Lori's niece, Stacy's mm-hmm. daughter? Um, so, on October 2nd, so this is like the day after she rented that storage unit, um, her estranged husband, Brandon, the one who went off on Facebook, reported being shot outside of his home. And he said that the bullet missed his head by inches. <gasps> and get this. He said that the shooter was driving a car that was registered to Charles Vallow. <laughs> but he was already dead. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. 
So Brandon believes that it was Alex Cox who was driving that car. Yeah. Who shot him. Or, well, tried to shoot yeah, him. Yeah, Lori's brother definitely tried to shoot him. Mm-hmm. So Lori never reported her children missing. And she and Chad were actually telling people several different false narratives, as we saw before. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was already telling the school and the babysitter two different things. But um, they were telling people that Tylee had actually died two years prior in 2017 two years yeah chad told someone else that Lori had no children under the age of 18 like they were saying literally anything on october 9th chad's wife tammy called police saying that someone in a ski mask was attempting to shoot her with a paintball gun and 10 days later the family called 911 to report that tammy had died in her sleep in her sleep in her sleep 10 days after Someone tried to shoot her with a paintball gun. So Chad refused an autopsy, and the death was ruled natural. So authorities ended up, after everything happens with this case, authorities ended up exhuming her body, and they were looking into her death to see if she was poisoned. They still have not said anything about it, um, but authorities did learn that he collected over $400,000 from her death. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Suspicious. Mm-hmm. So on October 25th, a friend of Tylee's reported that she received a text message from Tylee. It said, Hi, miss you guys too, dot dot dot. Love ya. L-U-V. Love ya. Uh, okay. Are we sure that was Tylee? <laughs> so now that Tammy is out of the picture. Yeah. Um, Lori and Chad get married in Hawaii. Um, oh, they're back in Hawaii. Yeah, not exactly sure the day, but it's within the few weeks after um, that text was sent. They do know that 17 days before Tammy died, a wedding ring was purchased for $36 off of Charles Vallow's Amazon account. What? Yes. They said, please catch me. They said, please. They are just begging. Begging. I mean, big spenders, too. Big spenders. They're, listen right here. <laughs> if my future husband <laughs> even thinks about ordering me $36 ring off Amazon. You'll never know. You know who you are. How will they know? <laughs> So a few weeks later, um, November 26th, Kay and Larry call the police and they are like, we have not heard from our grandson JJ in months. So please go perform a welfare check. Lori and Chad lie and they said that the kids were in Arizona staying with family. And police call. And yeah, they were like, uh. <laughs> they're like, wait a second. No, no because not. she is the one who reported it. So the next day, they come back. They have a search warrant. But at this point, Lori and Chad were gone. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. They jumped right in that portal. <laughs> they jumped right in that portal. The end of this month, I, people are getting married. Like, Alex Cox got married. Um, Melanie remarries. Uh, and her new husband, Ian, said to police that Melanie had been told by Chad and Lori that, like, JJ and Tylee had been possessed and had become zombies. Zombies. Yes. They said that they were human bodies that have had their original spirits forced from them, and they have been possessed by either a demon, a disembodied spirit, or a worm or a slug. 
I'm gonna go with the slug. Like what? It was the slugs. I I can't even like. You can't make this shit up. I I feel like they are making it's, this shit it up. It sounds so zombie children. So absurd. Possessed by slugs. She was possessed by a demon, a spirit, or a slug. Like hey, you never know about those slugs. I just. So, Melanie also allegedly told Ian that she was worried that Alex Cox may have had to take care of the kids. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, the brother took care of the kids. Mm-hmm. That's her uncle, too. Like, she's saying yeah. to her new husband, like, she thinks he did it. A week after this, there... Um, a girl named Melanie, this is not the same Melanie. This is someone who... You got double Melanies. Yeah, so she was friends with Chad and Lori. She was in, like, the Church of Latter-day Saints or whatever, and she went to those conferences and stuff, but she did not believe in what they believed in. She was like, this is a whole other thing. Like, I am not a part of this. I want no part of this. And she called the Rexburg Police Department and told them that Chad and Lori called her on November 26th and asked her to lie about JJ's whereabouts. So go, Melanie. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. A couple of weeks after this, um, on December 11th, Tammy's body is exhumed and the Fremont County Sheriff's Office ruled her death as suspicious. Um, the it results was so have, suspicious. Yeah. Results have still not been released, um, but they did announce that they finished it on February 4th of this year. <gasps> oh my gosh. I can't wait for that to come out. Mm-hmm. I'm be itching. I know. So the next day, Alex Cox was found dead in Arizona. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I just keep spewing. I the, know. I'm like, wait. I wasn't one ready for that after one. another. Okay. So that's the brother mm-hmm. who was most likely behind all of this. Yeah. He was possessed by a demon or a slug, too, I guess. Some, the slugs got the best something. of him. Okay. So he gone. He's gone. It was eventually ruled a blood clot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really care, though. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Suspicious Bye, or not, I don't care. Choices. So then on December 20th, uh, the Rexburg Police Department announced that Tylee and JJ are missing and that their disappearance may possibly be linked to the suspicious death of Tammy Daybell. Okay. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. They're on to something here. I know. And it just is... This whole thing is upsetting, but it's upsetting to me that they were missing in September and this was so messy. It took them far too long. Yeah, because nobody reported them. I know, but like... Like, it was literally because of Melanie and because of Kay and Larry. Gee Louise. Yeah. So the day after, um, on December 21st, is when... They name Lori and Chad officially as persons of interest in the case. Um, just a reminder, this does not mean that they are suspects. They are persons of interest. Okay, so... They're, they're just being yeah, looked at. They're just but they were the peaking. only ones being looked at. What? <laughs> That's where we're going to leave off. Oh, you left me right on that cliff, huh? Mm-hmm. Ah, I was ready to dive mm-hmm. in. I know. So on the next episode, we are going to get more into... Missing children. We're going to hear where they are. We're going to hear the aftermath of a few of the deaths that have occurred. Um, I mean, we need a, a body count at this point. Because yeah. Oh, don't worry. It'll, it'll all be... Everything will be on the website. Oh, gosh. We're going to talk about the trials that 
Um, actually, as of the other day, we're delayed again. Oh, yeah. I remember you saying yeah, that. Yeah. So I think the next important um, date in the in the hearing is like somewhere in June. And then the official trial we'll is have going to do an to, update. It's gonna, yeah. There oh, will be updates, goodness. but that's they're not going to be able to start it until the fall. But um, there could be some good reasons for that. So we will get into that on the next episode. And then we will also get into kind of like the psychology behind all of this. And yeah, we're going to give like a little profile. Yeah. Why, 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 why? Is Lori the way she is? Why did she <laughs> why? do the things she did? Oh my goodness. But yeah. So that was part one of Lori Vallow. I am hooked. Like I feel like a little fish with a thing in my cheek. A hook. I have no yeah. <laughs> a hook in my cheek. Yeah, wow. So make sure that you head on over to part two to figure out what the heck is going on. Make sure um follow us on all of our social medias too, because we're gonna post updates on there whenever episodes are coming out. Um any case updates that are happening in the present we'll post to there as well. So follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Facebook. We might have a YouTube channel come out. Let us know if that's something you guys are interested in because we don't know if that's a real thing. So let us know if you want to see that because we'll do it. Yes, I just need time in advance to prepare. Oh, you're going to see grubby. (laughs) I'm going to be grubby as hell. As Erica burps. (laughs) But yeah. Follow us on everything just at Crime on Caffeine. It's the same on everything. And our website is just simply crimeoncaffeine.com. So all the resources from this case are going to be up there. All of our sources will be there. Photos, court documents, um, a little cheat sheet as to who's who of the case will be there as well. We'll have like videos and audio recordings. Um, And make sure you subscribe Go on our website and subscribe to us as well, just so that you know right away when we have episodes coming out. Yes. And don't forget to give us ratings on all of the places you find podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you know the deal. Five stars if you're feeling lucky. If you're not, four is fine, but that's that's all we will accept. <laughs> Under that, you're done. <laughs> and we are going to alternate, so Allison is going to do the episode after part two. Oh, and do I got a doozy mm-hmm. for you as well mm-hmm. again thank you so much for listening to our first podcast episode just hanging out with us having a cup of coffee and you know spilling the tea spilling the tea or the sea oh. like crime <laughs> she didn't want me to say it but I said it anyway 